0: Three, two, one. Boy, come here. We're listening to a podcast. A podcast called Saturdays or Thursdays or Tuesdays. Who the fuck knows with Maury? I'm your host, Ian Taylor, and this is episode 79, Viking Chads. Uh, Joining me tonight is the wonderful Devin King, as always. A great musician, artist, and what have you in his own right. And Especially also What have you Exactly <laughs> And guest starring with us tonight Is the return oh, of cool. independent filmmaker And pitiful American uh, Stephen Beeson <laughs> Yes How are you guys doing yes. tonight?
1: Oh, I'm I'm doing great I just got back from saving mother Avenging father And killing fieldner uh, <laughs> No, it's uh, <laughs> No, I'm glad to be here uh, I, I I've been planning to be here for a couple of weeks now
2: you and are, I, managed this,
1: I managed to see The Northman in theaters. I'm very excited about that. Hell yeah. uh, mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's funny. This is the first time that I've been to a theater since uh, 2019. Uh, i keep cool. thinking about this. The last time that I was in theaters, I saw uh, Joker and I saw Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And both of those were about a month apart from each other. So getting back into the cinema, you know, feeling the the you know the energy of uh, all five people there to see the Northmen. <laughs> wow! Uh, and
2: you, and think... you finally have a new Sigma male personality to adopt that isn't Joker. Yes,
1: new new literally me dropped. Uh, so <laughs> can
0: you get your shoulders uh, to be as big?
1: I'm I'm gonna try. I'm doing keto, you know, we'll see what happens. A Viking diet, got a bunch of Like a paleo diet, yeah, yeah, something like that. Oh yeah. Just
0: eat lots of meat and drink lots of mead and run around and scream. There you go, you got the diet out. Just down. Eat, eat,
2: um, eat fish and drink the bloods of your enemies. <laughs> see, out of you got... yeah. see,
0: you do that already, Stephen. you're good to go.
1: Something, something, uh, lamentations of their women, yeah. <laughs>
0: Also, Nathan Shapiro will be joining us later tonight. Uh, He has some insight to offer on Viking culture and has actually seen The Northman as well. So he will be joining us for that part of the discussion. So feel free to look down below. I think we're going to get into spoilers with The Northman along with all of these movies. So you have been warned. I'll put a spoiler description down below. I'll also put Mm timestamps down below. So if you haven't seen any of these movies... You can skip to a certain film on our podcast, you can come back after you've seen the movie. First, we've got the most, um, the biggest Kino of them all. It wasn't just something I picked, because it was named (laughs) after the RPG system Pathfinder. I thought that would be funny. It wasn't funny. It's Pathfinder. There's nothing funny about this movie.
1: So. Yeah, you know, it's funny, because I remember, uh, before you introduce this, I do want to just throw this oh, out there. Yeah, I started watching this movie last night, and I remember sending you a text, like, is it too late to swap? <laughs> <laughs> because I was 20 minutes yes. in, and not to bury the lead here, but this movie has a record 9% on Rotten Tomatoes. But so, so you know, does the
0: Boondock Saints. <laughs>
1: Uh, the Boondock Saints has its moments. This movie does not, but uh, uh, let's get into go it. Ahead, yes. go, go ahead. Spoilers, and
0: because you aren't going to want to be spoiled for this very special, not rushed yeah, movie. That somehow, on. that somehow has a budget of $50 million. We'll get to that in a little bit. <laughs> ah, so Pathfinder. What the fuck is this movie? Oh, so... um. Carl Urban is found as a kid, they just rip off the um, backstory for Samus and Metroid, where <laughs> this kid had his parents killed by the evil bad guys. Who are the evil bad guys? I don't know. They don't even have subtitles for their different language, so I was confused for half the fucking movie. Uh, oh. So <laughs> Carl Urban <laughs> was found as a child by a group of English-speaking, handshaking Native Americans that grow him up and train him, but they also think he's a devil. He's not like the others. He's gonna bring doom to his clan because there's non-original bone in this fucking film's body. So as he grows up, his uh, half his tribe gets violently murdered, and he goes on a killing frenzy. And that's pretty much what the story is about. And I'm I'm hundred yeah. percent serious. That's literally what the movie is about. Yeah, so this
2: so, is so, so, so I I can sum up this movie in one sentence. This is basically. Uh, Vikings versus Native Americans, as portrayed by uh, white people. Uh, that's the movie. Well, that perfectly okay, describes so I wanna, the film. I want to.
1: I want to jump in here, and and I'm I'm gonna be pretty merciless about about this Ooh, film. So can't wait to. <laughs> before I do, before before I do, I do want to say one thing to kind of preface this. So Carl Urban, I think he's a very talented actor. Mm. I think he actually is one of the more underrated actors working today. I think that I would put him up there with like Tom Hardy as far as someone who in the hands of the right director and consistently getting the right roles, I could see him, you know, like he's one of those guys that i could see having a run as good as like de niro or pacino was you have to know how to work with him and if you look at him in something like amazon primes the boys i mean even if you look at thor ragnarok which i have my personal objections to it's very formulaic of marvel and i think it only made that problem with marvel properties worse but even you know even if it's a style and a sort of formula that doesn't particularly resonate with me he's still funny and charming and well you know he's giving his all in the performance like he's but he's also being directed by people who actually care so this movie is, is not an example of that this is directed by the same guy who has directed such hits as Conan the Barbarian from 2011 and the Texas Chainsaw Reboot from 2003. Oh, no. Uh, This movie, I I also, we kind of touched on this earlier, but all of the Native Americans in this movie sound like they're from the Midwest. (laughs) (laughs) These are the most Boston-sounding Native Americans from ancient times I've ever heard
0: trying to um, do that native acting, american talk while they're at
1: it <laughs> this it doesn't is work. yeah no this is honestly some of the worst acting i've ever seen it's so and again bad. I, I i don't know I, I, again i don't know i mean like i said i really like carl urban this could just be a really shitty director you also and had i'm thinking that's yeah, no, no. The script is terrible, and and let me say this: I, the script is like nonsensical at best and generic at worst. But it's it. All of that might be forgivable if this film wasn't so goddamn ugly.
0: Yeah, like the brown this color is... palette looks terrible. I think what they're trying to go for is like, oh, if it looks more like dirt, it's going to look realistic and grounded and gritty. But the Northman and Valhalla Rising show that you don't need it to have this ugly color palette in order to draw the realism in your scenery. It just makes it look terrible, and it also makes the elements that like, aren't color graded or weren't meant to be color graded that way just look so much worse. Like, yeah, this film just looks like shit, and it's a shame because there's shots that could have looked cool if it was like, shot in an interesting way or cut together in an interesting way. Like, there's, like, this, this ship they walk into at the beginning of the movie is like, okay, if this was, like, lit and shot differently, this could be, like, a really cool-looking scene. Like, there's something here, like, storyboard-wise, but no, it's just, they let's slap a brown color palette on it and have editing that's on par with the taken-free fence-climbing scene throughout the entire movie. <laughs> there are several points in this movie where I was watching it with my mother and I said, I don't know what's happening. I don't know where the characters are, what's happening... What's going on? Where am I? And that's the well, perfect this is... feeling that I, I, I don't. Too. I don't
2: fully agree that it. Everything looks kind of but ugly. There were some cool, interesting shots like earlier on. I think. I do think that you know they shot this on film and then probably over processed it like digitally, so it's got kind of a lot of ugliness uh, there. Um, but, yeah, often I just found myself kind of drifting away and doing other stuff while the movie was on in the background. Just, it's like, well, I have to watch this. I'll just click play and then do some other stuff. Cause...
1: No, I, I, yeah. I had the same experience. Watching a movie gives stress... you the same feeling. No, and I, I, I want to stress I, I really try not to do that. I mean, yeah. I, I feel bad about that if it's a movie
2: that, like, you know
1: – is actually it, trying
2: <laughs> but this it demands your this attention is. and there's like and you know that there's important stuff going on then you really want to pay attention but if you got other stuff this, that you could no, do, no.
1: and this and, thing and it is, doesn't
2: inspire you to keep thing. engaged then it's just like yeah yeah why am <laughs> no, i no
1: and I mean the, the thing about this is like uh, it's so like you were talking about it's so flat it's so brown and dirty They've put these kind of oversaturated blues all over everything.
2: It's 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 very filter heavy, very, you know, color graded. This is very like generic uh, Hollywood 101 type of filmmaking. And this it's so middle of the road that it's just. I I
1: don't even think that it's generic Hollywood. I mean, here's the thing. You know, Zack Snyder is someone who's made a career out of playing with this kind of palette and this sort of like music video kind of aesthetic that they're going for and even when I like even when I disagree with the creative decisions that he makes there's at least some reason behind why he's making them you know like it it may be the Totally the wrong reason, right? Like, I'm not here saying that yeah. Zack Snyder is the best director ever, but he knows what he wants to accomplish. Yeah, there was some And fun this fun does not... It. No, this doesn't feel like a film by someone who knows what they're doing.
0: No, it just... Mm-hmm. This film screams, we have three weeks to shoot this, and we gotta wrap it up fast. The yeah. whole entire movie is just so terribly paced nothing makes sense there's no sense of geography with the action there's some many action scenes like there's a scene near the end where i swear they they fight a bunch of these guys in the middle of the woods then they head into the rock cave head up a ramp go in there try to hide from the monsters go down that same ramp climb up the right side and i'm just like do you guys even do you guys even have a storyboard? Did you guys even write something on napkin? Well, it's also You have no idea okay, what's so going on here.
1: It's also funny because like, like... This feels like it was directed by like three different people at, at a couple of I points. It
0: feels like it was directed by nobody. It feels like it was directed no, by the crew I mean, on
1: set. <laughs> no, and that may be it too. But like I remember watching this and like there's this pretty serious scene... And there's, like, I, I think there's supposed to be, like, a Native American vision or, a, you know, quest thing. And then immediately after that, uh, Carl Urban is is sort of visited by uh, a Native American princess woman, and it just cuts to, like, softcore porn. Like, oh, I did <laughs> watch that version. <laughs>
2: You watched the unrated version. I I saw no, the no, unrated no, version as well that included those scenes but like even the the ones that were put back in like didn't well, add they much added to nothing. It. Yeah. It, it, it. It added time. So it was it was on screen longer like I I ended up watching the movie <laughs> for like 10 more minutes longer than and and I'm like I, I gained nothing from this other than <laughs> more minutes off of my life i did like how this movie opened up i don't know there was something very i agree with that like i i love the opening it kind of reminded me of tarzan in a weird way where you know like that ape mother kind of finds this abandoned child where you know this this native woman finds this abandoned you know uh viking kid and he's kind of traumatized because he's just surrounded by dead bodies there was something kind of bittersweet and, and nice about that and then you know, the rest of the movie happens. <laughs>
0: also, yeah, sorry. Yeah, no, <laughs> I'm glad you mentioned
2: the tonal changes, Stephen,
0: because there's a scene where um, they're watching um uh dickhead boyfriend guy, uh, <laughs> the guy who's, like, into the princess, but he knows that Carl is into the princess. He doesn't like that that trope. Like, when his character is like, getting his face melted, it's, like, a pretty serious scene. They're like, holy shit, he's dying. And then the other Native American kills him, and he's like, well, "Are you done with your revenge?" I like, "Are you cracking a joke? You just saw your right. best friend get brutally murdered."
1: No, what the no. Fuck the fuck is this scene, going from? Because <laughs> the scene in the unrated cut was similar. Like, there's a there's a, a Native American vision quest, and it's like like super serious and something. And then she walks in. And she says something like, "And I swear to God, inside you there are two wolves." Oh yeah, that <laughs> line. She, she, she
2: completely no. messes up the fucking line. <laughs> or yeah, or she, they, she, they, they, they completely like misinterpret the whole meaning of that line. Or I don't it, Yeah. And
1: she says that, and then she's like, "One of them is love, and one of them is hate." And which, says, one so which one am I? But yeah, something like that. And she's like, it's whichever Whichever one you feed feed most. most. (laughs) And then they just start having sex. Oh,
0: the dialogue.
1: It's It's the weirdest transition. It's so cringe. It looks like they're very uncomfortable. It's just they have
0: no chemistry at
1: all. It's,
2: it's like the screenwriter yeah, no, no just like did a quick a, a quick like search into metaphors and then just threw <laughs> horn that one in there without really reading into it. Random, it turns it, in, it, it, just... it turns it into a malaphor. I mean. There, they, they, there are it's, some nuggets of inspiration here and there, but it just doesn't know what to do with them. They're just kind of in it's there, such It's such a bizarre together.
1: film, and I, I, I mean, it's it's just all over the place. Uh, yeah. I, I'm struggling to think of like one thing that I liked. Honestly. I, I,
2: so I, I, yeah, coming into this, I was like an hour. And twenty minutes in and I'm like, I feel like there's nothing I can really say here that was interesting or I don't I don't even remember. Like I'm not even I'm hardly even watching the movie. Then uh I guess he's in the middle of some battle. Again, I just completely was blanking out into what was happening up to this point. And he falls into the water and uh this uh, this native, you know, tribe person that he saw as a father figure just appears to him as a vision and starts you know, talking to him, like, you're not gonna die yet, Ariad. he's and they're like, bubbles coming out of his mouth, and I just fucking burst it out laughing. <laughs> like, this is the funniest fucking, <laughs> like vision like by a dead person that i've seen it's it's, it's hysterical it's and just a richard nixon it, scene it, from nice it, guys it, i i i don't i don't think it was intended to be but it was fucking hilarious and i'm like okay this is fun now it, it, it took me an hour and 22 minutes into the movie to to yeah. find something interesting to talk about
0: that's just it this movie is i i was really hoping this movie would be so bad it's good just hit that sweet spot like in the name of the cane or under garbage it, fantasy movies but
2: it's so it had more scenes like that it would have been like yeah more i, I wish so they exciting. had more absurd out of the out of the water or out of uh yeah, out of left field kind of things like that where they were trying to go for a certain effect but it has a complete opposite effect that would be interesting yeah but most of this is just like well and barely competently did, made did anyone... kind of. Sp- did...
1: Did anyone notice that that's also Clancy Brown that's the big bad viking? And I
0: can't understand anything he's saying because there's no subtitles. Why are there no subtitles? It adds nothing. It means nothing. I had
2: subtitles in mine. Wait, what? No, no, no. There were subtitles in the version that I watched. Yeah. There were no subtitles subtitles in the Amazon Prime version. I think think the best written dialogue was when they were speaking Icelandic. Which which is and, and, and that's probably the most authentic as of it is probably the Icelandic dialect. But you know, the depiction of the Vikings is very off. They didn't really have helmets that looked like that. That's very no. much uh, they just look like, like, like an orcs. opera. Like we'll, we'll we'll have someone clarify this. But like the, yeah, the, the, the yeah, they they look like orcs from fucking Lord of the Rings. Yeah. <laughs> which I, is probably where they got the <laughs> design note from. <laughs> yeah, they well, look like
0: that I mean, and like... orcs just hate fucked. And yeah. made bad guys. And those are the villains in this movie. Yeah. And yeah, the Amazon Prime version... The point I was yeah.
2: getting to is, like, the, the, the horned helmets is something that the opera made up to depict Vikings. Because they true. wanted something visually interesting to show... Yeah. So, that's where that comes from. And this movie falls victims into thinking that's what Vikings look like. Uh, which, luckily is a friend is something that changed that when people actually do their fucking homework and read into but <laughs> you know, Vikings were actually like. Which uh I don't know why we why we aren't talking about how to train your dragon, you know. Oh I mean I honestly I mean the
1: original Thor would be better than this, like from the Marvel movies. Basically I mean, any other movie would uh, be honest- better than this. Literally any other movie, yeah. yes. I, I'll uh, watch Space is...
0: Jam and New Legacy again. Actually, no. This movie's shorter than that. That's the one thing I like about this movie is that it's mercifully short. Which is more than what I can say well, about so Space like, Jam you, I, New I, if, if we're
2: never... talking about movies that butcher North mythology, that, but that's also interesting, literally anything else would do. Literally. <laughs> any
0: other Viking movie, it, go watch... I don't know, go watch the worst episodes of Vikings, and that's probably better than this movie. Yeah.
2: Oh, 100%. I mean, it's not incompetently made enough that that it's, like, charmingly poorly done, and it's not interesting or... I mean, you could tell that it was professionally made with, like, a crew and whatnot, but there was just no direction and no uh, interest in the storytelling that really grabbed my attention It's just so boring. Yeah, it's so repetitive. And that that is a term that I have tried to cancel out of my vocabulary when reviewing movies because it's so overused. But I would apply it here. I was just bored and uninterested, uninvested. That's the only time I'm ever going to use that word on this podcast. I I think it's
1: fair. I think this film is deserving of it. There's really (laughs) nothing we can say about this. I mean, it is a 9% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, I, I I'm, and that's I'm... the
2: only time I'm gonna say I agree with a Rotten Tomatoes rating. <laughs>
1: no, I uh, I actually think that's eight percent too high. Uh, <laughs> this is just terrible.
2: Uh, this ah, this okay. is a movie um, that talks about pathfinding and couldn't find its own path there. That's my yeah. View. And the villains uh, themselves,
0: God. like they could have at least done a good job of this, making them cool or intimidating, but. They're just so stupid. They're so stupid. Like, there's a scene where they're on a mountain, and, it's just, and Clyde Sprouse like, alright, we could fall. I got a great idea. Let's all attach ourselves with rope. So, the, uh, yeah, I'm just like, that's a terrible idea. Because if you do that, then if one person falls, every other person falls. And sure enough, that's what happened. And I guarantee you, they were just like, "I, I have... The the screenwriters must have brought themselves into a corner just thinking, I I don't know how to get rid of the bad guys. I don't know how the heroes are going to get out of this one. I know. Well, just throw them on the side of a mountain with the worst CGI snow and CGI mountain backdrops imaginable. This movie has the same, a higher budget than Annihilation. I I just, I want you to think on that information while I carry on with this. (laughs) So, yeah, and... We just need an excuse to get rid of him. So just time all the rope, and they'll all die except for Clancy Brown because he has main villain plot armor. Even though Carl Urban one-shots every single other guy, there isn't even like interesting like action tension. Like there's so many scenes where it's like you could have done something interesting, but you didn't. Like the first time where he's first to fight the other guys, so I'm like, okay, you're pulling a Nakamura here. So he's gonna, you know, fight the big baddie. He's gonna lose and barely be able to get away. Buddy kind Cobb of has to get his grips and fight him at the end of the movie. It's like that's kind of interesting, like action storytelling there. But no, he just fights a few guys and runs away. It's like every single well, time I'm, they could do I'm something interesting, gonna... they just don't do it.
1: No, I'm also gonna, I'm also gonna just bring up the fact that there's a scene in this where Carl Urban and I, I, I don't know, some people have to like cross a river of ice. Yeah. And it's so hard to tell that that's even what's going it's on. It's so dark, or that that...
2: so poorly edited. was it, like one shot no where you see no ice suspense. cracking, and I thought that was kind of neat. But why do I feel like there isn't any danger here? Like, that's well, a beautiful kind no, of walking no on, on the ice. But I, no I, it's just suspense, all the ice yeah.
0: breaks, and they all get up. It's fine. Nothing happened. There's no consequences here. Moving on.
1: No, this is, I I mean, it's also worth noting that this is a director who uh, is not coming from a background of film. He's actually coming from a background of commercial work. You don't say. You don't say. No, I mean, it's it's funny, and I mean, I hate to say that because there are directors that have come from backgrounds of, like, music video or advertising that have done really well i mean but this is like oh yeah this... i
2: mean um fucking uh michael bay uh was huge in commercials and music videos before he got into filmmaking but then yes uh, michael i mean bay um well i mean mark, but um, mark Romanek, uh who
1: did you know one hour photo came from a, a background similar to that
2: um, oh yeah I, and, I, I and, 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 and he's he's great and he's an absolutely legendary music video director like i love his work
0: yeah michelle country oh, no. did music videos before directing *Internal sunshine like it happens all the time oh yeah but this just and isn't it
2: you, you can tell that this guy knows how to make a thing that looks like a movie but doesn't really know how to make a movie you know like I, <laughs> bernard I think... rose
1: who made the original *Candyman*, came from a background of commercials and music videos. I mean, I, I, I guess what I'm trying to say, I mean, I'm not saying that, you know, that background in and of itself is a red flag. But
2: Oh, like... no, like, it, 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 most of the time, <laughs> it's a good thing that you have some kind of film experience, but in this case, it, it will, shows that it doesn't always translate to the larger, you know, format. Like, this guy no, can maybe get I mean... engaged narratively for 30 seconds... But it runs out of steam really quickly. And that's I, I mean, I
1: honestly, I I think that like I've seen UE Bowl films that were <laughs> at least more enjoyable than this. Oh, uh, man. it is I, I, so yeah. Yeah. exhausting and so ugly and so creatively bankrupt. Yeah, there is poorly not written. A, so poorly written. I mean, we're we yeah. haven't even touched upon the kind of weird white savior like trope here that's just oh so yeah odd and,
2: well like, I, gross. I, I, I kind of tore off that band-aid right off the bat saying you know that this is like a white people's idea of uh you know these of uh, these uh people it's who and just probably just awful and this is yeah.
1: I, I don't know i'll say this like you know when you look at the director's other work i mean he did a reboot of uh Friday the thirteenth, which, you know, I mean, don't get me wrong, I like Friday the thirteenth, but I'm less offended if you're gonna take something like Friday the thirteenth, which is infamous for having kind of, you know, bad sequels or bad reboots or like, you know, so bad it's good cheese. I mean, the whole thing is like a ripoff of Halloween to start with. So I'm less offended if you're gonna do something to that. But this is supposedly a remake of a Oscar-winning Academy Award for Best Foreign Language Film. Now, why that, do that I say, think
2: Oscar-nominated? I don't, I don't yeah, think it won, Oscar but nominated. still, yeah. And I by, mean, by the way, it's still... funny, because, like, yeah, the, the, yeah, the guy's uh, Nils Gaup. he said, uh, he, he made this quote here, Twice Hollywood has remade my films. Both times they have managed to make the worst movie ever uh, for Pathfinder and then also Head Above Water. Oh, <laughs>
1: wow. And... Yeah, why do I feel yeah. like this
0: movie's nothing like the original? It's <laughs> just a very
2: strong, I, sneaking yeah.
0: suspicion.
1: I yeah, think you're uh, on the same thing. <laughs> uh,
0: I'm mm-hmm. done talking about this hot piece of garbage, and I'm giving it a 2 out of 10. Maybe lower, who knows. But uh, yeah, uh, I, I, I have
2: one more fun fact to read. For, apparently for a single day of filming, uh, actor Jack Black filled in for an Indian extra as part of A uh, Dare by actor and close friend Carl Urban. This movie is so enthralling that I'm reading the IMDb facts verbatim.
0: And there's barely <laughs> any IMDb facts. Like I look for the trivia, and there's barely no, any no. Facts. And that
1: was what was funny is because I I looked at this film and, and I went. Normally, you know, we share uh, reviews in the the Discord chat to kind of see how far off we are from kind of like, you know, the the sort of. Uh, opinion of like critics or you know so that we could maybe agree or disagree or kind of pull from you know and uh we'll share stuff like mark kermode or you know some film youtubers and what was funny was when i looked up this film on youtube and i put in pathfinder review just to have a good baseline on what people thought of it the only thing that came up was for the nissan pathfinder the car <laughs> Yes, <laughs> that's how little people <laughs> care about this. Uh, oh yeah. It is a very generous 2 out of 10 this yeah. movie. I, I is found awesome. one
2: review from like Simply Media from literally like 12 years ago and even back then they're saying that this movie's boring and uninteresting. <laughs> like it didn't even have a positive reception when it came out.
0: What would you but give it yeah. 7?
2: Uh do i have to give it a rating yes i i'm i i'm the, so this movie wasn't as painfully bad as like driller killer or um ah. or or as you know just eye rolling as uh the original godzilla versus kong americanized version Screw um you. I was just... <laughs> I mean, I, I was just so, you know, unimpressed. Well, no, I had one good laugh with that whole scene. Like, that scene, just by itself, out of context, is a 6.9. The rest <laughs> of this movie is, like, zero. I, I just was so evenly unimpressed by it throughout. Um, yeah, and that's higher than your negative
0: score for King Kong versus Godzilla.
2: <laughs> oh, I, I forgot I gave that a negative score. Oh, you like, did.
0: I include that into yeah. the final uh, group ranking too.
1: <laughs> wow, honestly, incredible. I I I would give this a negative. <laughs> like, man, this is terrible.
2: <laughs> what this about is one the, out, this, this, the, this is the film that I'd scrape the bottom of the barrel with, so I could see the bottom of the barrel. Like, I, I'm, <laughs> you know, <laughs> It's
1: horrendous.
2: Um, moving on.
0: <laughs> yeah, moving on. I'm sorry, guys. I thought that movie would be a lot funnier. Uh, Valhalla yeah. Rising.
2: I, I feel like we need to run into somebody that loves this movie and just tell us why we're all wrong, because I feel like, yeah, we're just in unanimous uh, but, agreement but here. But here's of, the thing. Being, is, is, yeah. is
1: there anyone that you could even find that loves this, this film?
2: <laughs> I, I, I had a buddy at work. When I mentioned Pathfinder, he says, oh, I like that movie. Like he, yeah, you need you know, to get I, him I, I I I need, I to, need to get him to explain face. himself because I I'm really failing to see what was appealing about yeah, this. Yeah, and ask him what drugs
0: than... he's taking. <laughs> Actually, there, there was I one guess, there but... was
2: one Letterbox review that I saw that I gave it a five stars. Um, <coughs> oh, and I'm sorry. Had, and it had a, and it had a really long like re- yeah, I'll I'll pull it up. I'm just morbidly curious what if anything is interesting about this movie. All right, lay it on us. <laughs> Okay, so, this comes from uh, Nathan Echson. Um Yeah, he gave it a five stars. In The Unholy Radiance, which is Marcus Nipple's feature, feature filmography, there are two broad categories. Keen Slasher and Sword and Sorcery. Pathfinder falls manifestly on the latter camp, but that does not prevent it from also being a horror movie. Specifically of the alien invasion format, the kind with unfamiliar languages, weapons, technologies brought to bear, and overwhelming slaughter, only to be defeated by guerrilla tactics and intimate knowledge of the landscape. What prevents Pathfinder from being another iteration of Red Dawn, or First Blood, (laughs) is that it is stretched in (laughs) in horror mythology and iconography. (laughs) It's of every. A bit of slasher <laughs> is, experience no, points and mass in the <laughs> making of a... 2003's <laughs> such a <famous laughs> to work here. And Worship certainly does. Pathfinder gets it right that the story of European intrusion in the Americas has been genocide uh, barbarically since the very beginning. A dragon ship born, a horde of horn, stall faced ma- uh, maniacs high on bloodlust and mass destruction. That this film, once again, has a good white person adopted by a non-white culture to act as its champion is a questionable here as it always is, but at least makes some amount of plot sense, unlike many films which employ that tired offensive trope. Also, Viking Wartoboggen. I'm not going to read the whole review. I don't want to get flayed by the gaster. No,
1: no, he gushes <laughs> over this whole thing. I'm,
2: I, I posted it in the chat. This, the this fuck? Is, uh, Did he
0: watch a different movie? Need... Why, why are you tying it to <laughs> alien horror? They're not aliens. They're Vikings.
1: <laughs> what I, I, actual I, I, Where fuck? is he getting ripped? Dawn
2: from. I mean, <laughs> that, 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 that's the comparison that, like, the second I read that, I'm like, I have to read this out loud for Steven because Steven loves that movie and Steven... I didn't care for it. Well, <laughs> the Vikings <laughs>
1: Communist? I mean, this is incredible. <laughs> I uh, mean, okay. I do love Red Dawn. This Red review Dawn made watching this piece more... of
2: shit worth it. Just reading this review. Just yes. there, do no. I agree. Uh, <laughs> I agree. And, uh, Valhalla
1: Rising. Yeah. Devin, would you do the honors? <laughs> Please. Oh
2: gladly. So Valhalla Rising is a two thousand nine film from Mr. Nicholas Wining Reffin, which uh this came out previous prior, uh for uh to his uh successful film that everyone knows him for, Drive. Um and is the basis of the whole Sigma male bullshit, uh, identity <laughs> thing. But, needless to say, Vahala Rising, uh, Sars Mads Mickelson, Mickelson? I'm probably butchering that. I'm running on fumes today, if you can't tell. Um, and... He's this, uh you know, mute character. He he doesn't say a word through the whole thing, but he has quite a uh, terrifying presence on screen as, uh, One-Eye, which is the name that the little boy gives him because he has one eye. You, you wonder, uh, you know, the, the the true depths of the child's imagination. Anyway, um, but yeah, they go on this, uh, quest, uh, these, uh, Christian crusaders are trying to find the next, uh, Jerusalem, um, and, uh, caught, and, uh, they are subject to much uh, mayhem uh, on their journey. Um, I thought this was a really interesting film. There were a lot of moments that really grabbed me, but a lot of uh, times where I don't know, I felt like there was maybe some emptiness to it. There was some uh, primordial element though that I really appreciated. Just um, I like the opening text saying that this is just, you know, at the beginning there was just man and there was nature. Like this is a very primal, elemental type of film. That you can tell was made for on a very limited budget, and he was really experimenting with these kind of ideas. There are these little, uh, you know, visual montages and cutaways that illustrate certain ideas. Um, although they have some very obvious use of like uh, masking and like digital paintbrushing, which is a, a technique that they use in color grading pretty frequently. Although it's not uh, so subtle here, when you see, uh, you know, people's faces kind of be lit sort of unnaturally. Uh, and there's some like red filters in these things, but I thought it was a really interesting, creative, uh, you know, visual motif that he was creating here. Although I, I, would guess I wasn't quite enjoying it as much as I thought I would, because this definitely seems like the type of film that'd be right at my alley. Um, but I still thought it was a really interesting, uh, you know, film from uh, Nicholas's back uh, catalog.
1: Well, I mean, it's worth noting that yeah, as you said, this is before Drive for Nicholas Winding Refn, and this is also before Hannibal for for Mads Mikkelsen. So you have two people who are kind of like almost about to hit it big within like two to three years of each other. And, you know, this definitely feels like it was made on a budget. Uh, It feels like it was probably an independent film more than like a studio. I'm not exactly sure, but it, it definitely feels that way. Um, I think, you know, and I, I'm a pretty big fan of Refn. I, I love what he does and, you know, the way that he presents things and his sort of style that's, you know, the the stark lighting and, you know, neon sort of aesthetic. And I, I will say this. I mean, I, I think that it's good. I think that it's a little bit of a lesser work. I feel like he's playing with a lot of things that he doesn't really uh, perfect until like only god forgives this feels very much like he's experimenting with those things um only god forgives was actually dedicated to uh aleandro judorowski i believe Jodorowsky. and yeah yeah judorowski and so i i feel like you know, Judorowski of course, made the Holy Mountain, El Topo, all of which were like acid Westerns, these sort of surrealist, you know, LSD kind of like neon lit Westerns. And I feel like this is an acid Viking movie. And that's basically the best way that I know to put it. I I did wind up uh, watching, uh, there's a channel on YouTube Called Vikings React, and they did an hour long, <laughs> they did an hour long deep dive into this film and sort of the culture and the the history, and I thought that was fascinating. Uh, maybe even more so than the film itself, where they were talking about even the lines of dialogue, um, where you know the 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 pagan old culture is talking about how. You know bizarre it is that these christian zealots you know are, are eating their god you know yeah <laughs> yeah no i, I
2: really like the way that they're putting it and, and really showing you know christianity kind of its early forms and it being start of starting almost as a sort of a cult or at least in the eyes well, of these uh, people that are um
1: well no and it's it's kind of different because you know you see stuff like this and you think about like the knights templar and they're going around and you know, slaying dragons. And this is kind of subverting that in a way and, you know, talking about the people who are seeing this like, you know, this is weird. like yeah. This doesn't make sense.
2: Um, and it's like, so, they only have one god. We have many gods. Fuck them. Yeah, and, no. And I, know, and, and I thought that was super interesting. I really liked how stripped down and elemental it was. It really feels like just people living in this landscape and they only have hear tell or experience to sort of inform their worldviews and what that kind of looks like like i thought that that was super interesting
1: yeah no it's i mean it's a fascinating film i'm i'm glad to have watched it i don't know that i connected with it quite as much as i wanted to like Mm -hmm. i said this is a this is a lesser work from a director that i love and it's sort of like i like it because he did it (laughs) you know what i mean
2: well, yeah, it's, it's like you can see where he's going to be c- coming from this film. Like this film feels kind of like a rough sketch of the things that he would perfect later on, and I feel like he's really honed in on that craft since. And for oh, that, definitely. it is super yeah. valuable. Like, you know, this I haven't seen his like early, early stuff or his like Dutch films. I think that'd be really interesting to look into. But yeah, I remember, the, the I, I remember, yeah, yeah. I remember going back and seeing, like, Stanley Kubrick's very first film that he ever made, which is something he tried to bury. He didn't want people, people to see. And really, like, I'm not going to spoil that film, but the way it plays out is kind of like a, a really particularly ambitious Twilight Zone episode. Like, and, and, I can, and I can see how he would have hated it, but for me, as a someone who really loves and admires his work, I really value seeing it because you can see – how he started from this very low level, but was really had a vision he was really trying to go for. And you can see the, the, the seeds of that really being planted. So I feel and like that's
1: kind of how I feel about this. And it's also in fairness. I mean, I have the same reaction to a racer head. A lot of people say yes. that a racer head is like Lynch's best. And I, I disagree with that, but I think I only disagree with that because I've seen you know Mulholland Drive and and Lost Highway and Fire Walk mm-hmm. with Me. Like I've seen him perfect the things that he's doing, in in Eraserhead. So I, I think like I think this is a similar situation where it's like this is a really good blueprint for the guy that I'm you know that I love. You know what I mean like. Like this yeah, is no, kind of like exactly. this is like Reservoir Dogs with Tarantino. This is a very early sketch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What did you think, Ian? You've been quiet. I'm afraid to ask.
0: <laughs> I really, really didn't like this movie. Oh I God! Just... Here we go. It But, it just, but, but it, it,
2: he, he, he didn't like it not as much as the last film, I'm sure.
0: Oh, fuck no. This is way better than that film. For starters, uh, it looks much better. <laughs> uh, it's oh, edited yeah, right. properly. It, it has a great soundtrack. Like, I don't know who did the music for this film, but it has a killer soundtrack. Like, I've officially added that to my Dungeons & Dragons playlist, even. And it fits the crazy <laughs> yeah. vibe of the film so well. I think the problem is, like, it's empty and stilted to a fault in a way that doesn't like reference films like he are very stylized and very um artsy in a way but usually finds narratives where that kind of fits but in this kind of gritty harsh setting it just seeing people like sitting in introspective poses or standing perfectly in the scenery so it looks nice for the camera that's something this doesn't really work for this kind of setting and I think that's something Robert Akers nails in The Northman was getting over that hurdle to make for a more naturalistic-feeling movie. But here, well, I, I just would, feel I it would really argue... clashes with the movie.
1: Well, I mean, and there again, I mean, the, the thing that I was kind of trying to allude to to begin with is, like, this is not a traditional Viking movie in the way that you know uh, uh, judorowski wasn't making traditional westerns you know what i mean like this is definitely you're taking that framework and and trying to place your style on top yeah, of. it. yeah
0: and that's fine but i think the problem is i'm just not invested in the world or the characters at all because i feel like i, mean... I know nothing about it and the thing is, well, like, you don't need dialogue to convey that. The thing I was, aspect I was most excited about with this movie was that there was barely any dialogue. Was that the protagonist never sleeps? Sorry, never spoke. Mm-hmm. Well, he doesn't sleep either. But something like a movie <laughs> like *Embrace the Serpent*, all right, is completely visual storytelling, not a word of dialogue. But it has actors that actually express emotions and actually has like a believable world and you can tell so much about the characters and the world they inhabit just by their actions and their the way they look at each other and the way they interact with the scenery. Like they don't need a single line of dialogue to can but they convey so much. But this movie barely has any dialogue but it conveys nothing. Like there's just nothing in place well, I think of it's sacrificing more, I, I mean... dialogue and that for the sake of atmosphere that
1: well, I mean, wasn't
0: I, I interesting I, enough for me to be attached to it
1: i disagree with that i think there is a i i think again it's rough it's on a budget but i think that there is something
0: that's not the part of progress, trying man.
1: to i i think i think there's something trying to be communicated here i i, sh- I think you're maybe being a bit trying too trying to, hard. to I be think communicated there,
0: sure successfully communicated no
1: Well, in your opinion, but I mean, I think that this is a statement on faith. I think that this is a statement on, you know, changing cultures and, you know, Christian sort of identity and the lack of faith. I mean, you know, and, and like strangers in a strange land. I mean, it's obviously there's a lot wrapped up in here, but they probably did not have... Uh, the budget or the means to execute this maybe in quite the way that they wanted to and I think it's commendable I mean, I would put I, this Honestly, so I would put this yeah, on. I would put this about on par with the Neon Demon Ooh, uh, You wow. know, it's It's not my favorite from him by far um, But I I didn't hate it. I, I think it's well made for what it is and I, I found it interesting
0: well the thing is like the budget isn't the problem for me the problem is just the approach like i i really don't like how it it feels like all the actors were directed to act as stilted and awkward and robotic as possible and that's that doesn't really work for me in a story like this a story like this needs to feel like visceral in a way it needs we really need to feel the emotions of the characters Mm -hmm. of what they're going through but i just feel nothing like Matt Smickelson is one of my favorite actors of this generation. Like, I think that guy is—if he gets a better agent, that guy is going places. He is one of my favorites. But Nicholas Winding Refn took that and turned him into an emotionless, stilted, awkward cyborg of a character. And well, I can't forgive him.
2: I—I for I, I think he <laughs> had a very intimidating presence, despite the fact he never said anything. He was just sure, sort he of looked cool, elemental and, and, pri- and primordial in his thing. Yeah, like his whole. You know, makeup design was fantastic as well, I'll but agree with that. Yeah. I, I do think that everybody being stilted and contemplative didn't quite make sense. Like, I think there should have been more dynamics in the characters themselves yeah. and they all like, like, like so someone might be particularly quiet, but the other person might be more particularly vocal and, and, and outwardly and ignorant. Like, I think if you had more of a variety of characters that view that, that, that viewed things differently and. The dynamics of that play out, I think, would make for a much more kind of interesting, engaging story. I did see one comment that, um, or or one uh, review, saying that this feels like a uh, a kind of spiritual successor to Adir Wrath of God*, which is the Werner uh, <laughs> Herzog film. I've yet to see that one, but I am interested in what kind of parallels might be drawn it, between I, that like, movie. Those is two very films.
0: different because yeah, it has a similar like atmosphere to it. But the characters all feel unique. There's actual dynamics. There's interesting dialogue. There's actual emotions with the well, characters. Well, no, None and I,
1: I mean, I, I kind of, I, I do agree with you to some extent. They kind of touch upon that, like what you're talking about with, you know, there is a character who, uh, towards the end of the film, essentially stands up and, you know, spits in the face of God. I, I mean, there's an attempt to do that, um, and I, I would disagree that, that uh, Mads Mickelson's character is a, a, a cyborg. I think that there's maybe just a bit more to it. I mean, he does show, you know, compassion towards the young boy. Does which, he? I, I, mean, I didn't even get yeah, that. Yeah, no, he does. He offers him protection. He's the only person that he doesn't yeah, try to viciously okay, but murder. But does he emotionally
0: <laughs> convey that? Is that seen in the character's eyes? No, because he's
1: all? a mute. He's a mute, and he only has Mutes one eye. Mutes can have emotions. I mean, there's only oh. so much that you can communicate. Mutes when can you have don't. emotions.
2: <laughs> I, I I think this film is so nihilistic that the most moral uh, character in it is a cold-blooded mute character. <laughs> no, no, I think that's definitely
1: it. And I mean, I I don't, I don't know. I disagree. And don't get me wrong. I mean, again, this is not my favorite Refn film. This film is definitely flawed. But I don't know that I agree that it's as flawed as as you're quite making it out, Ian. I don't know. I mean, I think there's a lot here. And I think it's kind of wrapped up in a very noble attempt uh, with a very limited budget and a bunch of people who have
0: yeah, yeah, oh, no, it, no, that's
2: it. it's a noble experiment that later paid off in his other films. Like he was going for something here, and there's a lot of uh, stuff to appreciate in it, and it was worth seeing. Like there, 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 are moments that, yeah, I thought were really great. There, there were times I kind of found myself drifting, and I would pause and come back to it, which is something I really hate to do. Like I really want to be fully engaged in the film whenever possible, um, and. Again, there's lots of great stuff to appreciate in this. It just doesn't quite all come together as well as it could have. Um, I don't know if a if a different edit would have come, or if they just didn't have quite enough material to work with. But again, this is some this is a film that helps you appreciate this guy's later films, like you know everyone. Yeah, talks about well, and I mean, and, I think it. And people I like us it's... kind of ruin it for people with how we talk about it. But watching this film, you can see where he came from. And you can really appreciate the craftsmanship that went behind. Drive more, seeing where he, uh, yeah, was coming from.
0: Well, there's an it's Well, attempt. yeah, no,
2: for sure. I, yeah, I think that's. I I'll
1: think give that's it that. Like, it,
0: it was very ambitious. It reminded me of Terrence Malick's worst films in a way, where it's like the ambition is there. There's an interesting style and direction to it visually, but it just doesn't feel like you know what the fuck you're doing. Like, it doesn't feel like there's yeah. a well, clear direction you want to take the story. Well, a while to
1: know what you're doing, in a way. I mean, you know, oh, yeah. it's that's like... that's true. And to you can't know until you
2: try, right? Okay. Yeah. Well, and I mean, I That's one good think aspect
1: about it. I'm actually curious now. So, uh, let's see here. Valhalla Rising came out in 2009. Mm-hmm. So, Nicholas Wending Refn, at this point... I know he had done his early kind of Danish work with the Pusher trilogy. Bronson, came and, out a year before this. he did Bronson the year before. Which, but there again, I mean, yeah. Bronson was three hundred thousand dollar budget. I, I mean, this is
0: actually this think is that probably, be his best movie.
1: Well, I mean, that's fine. But you're you what I'm what I'm trying to like say is I, I mean, this is definitely. You know, it's an independent project. I feel like more people would probably be kinder to this if you slapped an A24 logo in front of it. You know what I mean? <laughs>
2: ah, <laughs> oh, well, eh, We'll talk about forgiving. that later. do worry. I disagree
0: with that. I'd still hate it. <laughs> well, There's some A24 films I don't like. Like, I don't want
3: to make it <laughs> no, sound but like that.
1: But I mean, as movies. far as like those kind of independent, ambitious art house films, I mean, this is definitely... The, it, it, it has vibes,
2: as my friend uh, Kristen would say. <laughs> you know oh, I mean? yes.
1: Like, for sure. Um, so, just, I don't know. Just, I mean... just, just,
2: just put this right up there with, uh, with Green Knight. <laughs> yeah, oh, I was less bored I with the Green Knight. Oh, I would way rather was. watch this I
0: immensely disagree. That film is way less boring than this, and it's longer. <laughs>
1: ah
2: well because it has there's more of
0: a goal there there's something we
1: will have to agree to disagree also actors can
0: act in that movie actors have emotions Matt
1: mickelson can act Matt
0: mickelson is an amazing actor he's one of my favorites but he he, it's like he was directed to act like a robot like john denzel washington was directed to act like a robot intended like they're both have the potential to there's be great actors but there's a lot
1: wrong with tenet and john yeah. david washington is not yet but... <laughs> i think
0: he's one of them though but again he was directed to act that way because he's been much better in other movies like i don't know what directors are trying to convey by making these actors act as still could still as possible like it doesn't work for me man they're not robots give them emotions
1: well, and I mean, this is something that you know, Refn has talked about that he was always sort of drawn to these strong, silent leads like your, you know, Steve McQueen type, and and here he kind of takes that very literally. A little too far. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I mean, I don't know. I I, I don't know. I mean, like I said, I, I I liked it. I didn't love it. It's about on par. With uh, Neon Demon, from what I've seen of his filmography, that's kind of where I'm at. Uh, where I'm at with it, I think if you're into this kind of atmospheric, sort of slow burn, uh, psychedelia, you, you might have a better time with it. Um, but I think you might enjoy Only God Forgives more because I, I I feel like. That kind of combination of Judarowski and Lynch, and like that really just silent character—again, I, I feel like that's where he really brings it together. Um, and Drive is great too. I mean, it's a classic, but yeah, this one—it's it's a little rough, admittedly. So. <laughs> Also, do you uh, want to know what
2: the budget is for this the, movie? The, 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 again, there's there's lots of elements in this that I appreciate. and You can see those Jodorowsky, Lynch, and Terrence Malick influences in here, but it's kind of yeah. like phased. It's kind of like a phased relationship between audio sources that um you know once once some of those things get brought together, they kind of cancel each other out, and it for just sure. feels some it just feels somewhat void. But you kind of have to pull from your influences to sort of find your own voice in it. And I feel like this film was a stepping stone toward him finding his own voice in filmmaking. So it's not my favorite of his. I'd probably give it something like a six. I could bump that to a 6.9 for the joke, but really more realistically it was, it's like a six, but it does help me appreciate his other films more. I still have to see uh, neon demon and Bronson and a couple of the other ones, but, um,
1: yeah, yeah, I yeah. need to see. I need to see Bronson as yes. well, and I also need to see um, his limited series on Amazon Prime, "Too Old to Die Young," and I'm hours. gonna give this. <laughs> yep, I'm gonna give this a seven point five.
0: It's very nice. ambitious, and the same way a bad Terrence Malick film is ambitious. it uh, Looks beautiful, sounds beautiful, but. For me, it was just an experience that was so devoid of nothing. It was very repetitive. It had no interesting characters or dynamics whatsoever. Yeah, sure, it has messages about Christian the crisis of faith and, you know, dominating other societies to make it your own. But I don't know what the film was actually trying to say about it. I don't know what the film was act, stance the film was taking on, besides the fact that I was insisting that I was bringing it up. And you don't have to be super unsubtle, but you need to be something. And this film was just nothing for me and it wasted one of my bad that da- but one of my favorite actors so that's a crime against humanity and for that it gets a four out of ten for me maybe even lower. Oh,
1: that is I, rough I come on stand you gotta
0: bump me. that
2: up to nope. a six
0: come no nope. that's four All out of right. ten Feel comfortable,
2: Steven. Fun. For you, I'll give it a 6.9. Just no, kind of that's, uh, <laughs> I'm not pointing on the five. I, mean, it was, it was, I mean, it was, it was a way is, more worth my time than Pathfinder. Oh, I that. agree with that. Yeah, I
1: mean, still. a four is like that's awful, but I
0: getting mean. a drill shoved up my ass would still be more rewarding <laughs> <because> <laughs> than Fell Hollow
2: Rising. <laughs> well, Sorry, uh, more
0: than Pathfinder. Sorry, more than Pathfinder. That's what I meant.
2: My boss Sure. I need to. I need to ping our guy. Hold on a second. Yeah, ping I, our yeah. guy. We well, are. We are moving on a lot more briskly than I imagined we would be. Well, I mean, there's not a lot to talk about with
1: Pathfinder. But there I is mean, a lot to know. talk about with <laughs> this. True. Yeah.
0: Oh yeah. Oh yeah, though, buddy. Uh, Fuck yeah.
1: Should I? Uh, should Should I go ahead and uh, introduce our next film?
0: Uh, let let me just wait a second for Devin to paint our guy. Well, let your me know buddy when you're guy? yeah, your buddy guy. Let me know when you're done. De- not a de- buddy guy. Then I'll uh have Stephen take it away. Uh, spoiler alert, by the way, this film just came out and screw it, we're gonna. I spotlight. just
2: watched it today. This this afternoon, wow. went to our local little uh theater and saw a little uh, matinee uh and it was like me uh my two siblings and then like three other people incredible and, and it was it was like at the theater way at the back too like there's like eight theaters or uh, eight rooms and this is number four and it's right at the back next to five and yeah just way at the back that's how popular this movie is right now yeah
1: <laughs> well it's also it's also interesting i went to see it with uh two friends of mine who uh are husband and wife so it was really you know but it was sure. the three of us and then uh there was about i would say maybe four other people in the theater maybe five uh so you know this was like maybe 10 people at most uh it's unfortunate because i think that this film does have blockbuster appeal and I think more people should should see it, uh, but we'll get into that shortly, I'm sure.
0: All right, yeah, Nathan Shapiro is here, so why don't you introduce the Northman, Stephen?
1: Oh Take boy, the the Northman, the Northman, uh,
0: baby.
1: Oh yeah, the Northman. It is the 2022 film from director Robert Eggers. Uh, Robert Eggers, of course, made The Witch back in 2015, which oh, he himself, the The Witch, yes, which That's he him. himself has kind of come out and and said was maybe not as good as he wanted it to be. Um, I wasn't a fan of that. He really hit it big with his uh, sophomore. Uh, effort, the Lighthouse in 2019, with uh, Robert Pattinson and Willem Dafoe, and he's back again this year. You can see this in theaters today, with an epic historical action film. It is very art house. It stars Nicole Kidman, Alexander Skarsgård, Anya Taylor Joy, Ethan Hawke, Willem Dafoe, and Björk. And uh, w- with a cast like that, what, what is this about, my god? Well, it's about Hamlet, <laughs> except not Hamlet. Uh, this is the story of a young Viking prince whose father is viciously slain by an evil uncle uh, conspiring to take the throne, and uh, a young boy that makes a promise to avenge his father, save his mother... And, and kill Fieldner, his evil uncle. And um, yeah, it's. We are going to be spoiling the crap out of this, uh, but things happen, and, you know, it, it definitely subverts your expectations in a good way as to the, the typical sort of Hamlet fair that we've seen, maybe even in something like The Lion King. Um, It uses that as a framework, but it definitely does its own thing. It is a, I would call it an elevated blockbuster in a way. It's up there with Blade Runner 2049 or Mad Max Fury Road. And I think in years to come, this film will certainly uh, change the way we look at films. This is a modern masterpiece. This may just be movie of the year. What did you guys think? Hey,
0: I
3: liked it. How's it going?
1: How's hey, it... how's it going?
3: It's going pretty fantastic, guys. How are y'all?
2: Good. Doing well. Sound like you're in a car driving somewhere.
3: I am in a car driving somewhere. <laughs> I was helping my stepsister move, and I was there a little longer than expected.
2: Uh, okay, I thought you were driving to go see the Northman again.
3: I I may as well be right. It was fucking fantastic. I I I would definitely see it again. I I, I as 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 a fan of both Shakespeare and Viking culture, it was just it was just a treat. I loved every second of that movie. It was
1: fantastic. Well, and here's here, the I, thing. I mean, no, I was just gonna say. I mean, as far as Shakespeare, I mean. It definitely does its own thing it really does kind of like it, you think you've seen Hamlet you think you've seen this kind of story before but it winds up twisting that a little bit and surprising you with these twists that come out of nowhere and it's so good and it, it doesn't feel insulting to the audience it feels well earned
3: Right oh yeah, for yeah, sure. So. Like any, like any good Shakespeare adaptation, it does its own thing. I feel like if it were to just be, if it were to just be Hamlet, B for B, that would be, I, I feel, a disservice to the source material and and the audience as well.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, all of the performances are great. the The cinematography is incredible. Um, I. I'm struggling to find a negative thing to say about it, honestly. I think this is Mm. definitely movie of the year so far.
2: There there are a couple things that I would say. I mean, so I, I literally just watched this today, so it's still kind of fresh. I'm also um (laughs) have been up for quite a while like i was up since like 2 a.m yesterday uh, or this morning technically so maybe i'm just kind of in a daze but there were like a lot of things that i noticed like they they, they did a lot of these kind of one take battle sequences which are really awesome and that's always you know a difficult thing to stage it's very well coordinated there were were some like times where he like kills somebody that was waiting to get acts i've noticed and other kind of actions that seemed like they were kind of directed for camera that maybe didn't quite, you know, that it, it, it play out sort of realistically. But that, that said, these are like nitpicks and an otherwise very kind of grand uh, depiction of these events. I was listening to um, a review from uh, a Deep Focus Lens, and I love uh, some of her reviews, as uh, as you guys know, and as Steven especially knows. But um, she, she was saying how, like, <laughs> yeah. A lot of, uh, you know, it didn't really, like, grab, you know, grab or work for her. And honestly, like, for the first little while, the film, it felt very, like, linear. Like, I guess, uh, coming into a Robert Eggers film, when I'm expecting, you know, the lighthouse levels of, you know, mindfuckery to to happen, um, it was kind of oddly linear for the first while. Like, it was beautifully executed. I loved uh, Beert's on-screen presence. I am going to correct your pronunciation. It's Birk rhymes with jerk. To quote her, uh, ah, okay. <laughs> in terms of pronouncing her name. Well, we should I, I, we I, should
1: I, ask Lars von Trier about that. I mean...
2: <laughs> oh, actually, you know this, this is actually really funny. The, the, the one other like major role she's known for, um, she's she's done another odd one uh, prior to this. But Dance from the Dark is a is about a woman who starts going blind, and in this one, she is blind. Um, she and she's gone. literally, fun. Yeah. A, 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 and she's literally just in one scene of the film, but I absolutely loved it. It was like ASMR in Icelandic, and that's like a niche thing that I'm really into. So I absolutely love that scene that she was in. Um, well, and I,
1: I I I would almost argue with you that it's only one scene because I got the impression that uh, she may have been the the ravens as well in a, in an odd sort of spiritual way, oh, and I thought that was really. I thought that was really unique. I mean, that was just how I interpreted it. But there's definitely the way that things are shot and the kind of transition to the black and white, the way that she appears. Mm -hmm. You almost get the sense that she's like a a vision, you know, kind of a spirit creature.
2: Um, There's definitely a lot of carryover. There's like little flashbacks. So they really make the most of her presence in the film. And I do really appreciate that. I feel... Well, it didn't 100% grab me, like, fully. Like, I was into it for, like, uh, the, the entirety of it. There was no moment that I was particularly bored. But I didn't feel super grabbed by the plot until there's that twist when he reunites with his mother and talks with her for, like, the first time. Um, spoilers. Uh, turns out she was plotting the, the murder of her husband, and getting together with uh, his uh, w- w- with his brother the whole time, and then they make out for a second, and that was really fucking weird. But and, and that well, was, it's, was almost, gonna, it's, 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 it's almost it's almost it's, it's, it's a knife twist of of of, of a thing that what's that's what really hooks me, and I feel like kind yeah. could push some of that a little further, like really. I, but I, but I, but I really appreciated that kind of twist still. Like that really made you know, me, me kind of, it, it changed, it changed my perception of everything that had ha- had happened up until that point. And that's when I thought it was really getting interesting.
1: Well, no, I, I agree. I mean, that's kind of what I was talking about with, uh, with Nate, you know, is like, th- there's that, you know, sort of sense of like, this is doing its own thing, you know? Um, and I mean, it, I will say that scene in particular was so out of left field, I did not expect it. It is just, I mean, it's masterfully done. Uh, Yeah, that's a real turning point in the film where you have this bizarre sort of like Freudian twist. (laughs) It's i oh, mean yeah.
2: it, it it works it yeah, works there's good build up I to never, it too like it doesn't I, 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 I I, I, and i think i just wanted more of that i wanted to be surprised yeah. more like i wanted i wanted there like once things set in motion once he is he establishes the mo like it's very clear kind of cut which isn't necessarily a bad thing but i guess for a film of this kind of caliber i just really wanted to be thrown uh kind of, of a poor loop i guess and it's funny because you know we were talking about how in- incomprehensive Pathfinder was earlier, and how that's like I don't even even I don't get what's going on, nor do I care. Where a film like this has the potential where it's like I don't know what the fuck is going on, but I really want to figure out, figure that out, and that's a completely different type of engagement, right? And this film has that. I feel like it could have gone a little bit further with it. Like in in Canada, this is rated fourteen A, which is basically the equivalent of a PG thirteen. And I'm really curious what like a hard R rating film would have been like. Uh, and this, it was and I don't rated
1: know... R here in uh, I mean, America. It's pretty
3: brutal. Like, I think it does. It is oh yeah, pretty R
1: brutal. R I mean, True. yeah,
3: it, it got it got the R here in America, and mm-hmm. uh, to no to no one's surprise, I guess. But I mean, yeah, cool?
2: there's that whole scene where the guys basically disemboweled. Um, oh yeah.
0: <laughs> One thing I did appreciate about the violence is that, yes, it's brutal, yes, it's disgusting, but it's not silly. Like, it doesn't hit that level where it's just way too over the top, where it just ends up being goofy. Like, it's all very grounded and believable, and that's one aspect I did appreciate about it. But I think I'm gonna have to go with Deep Focus Lens here, where I just, I absolutely was not grabbed by this film at all, and... The plot test is interesting, but I'm kind of with you, Devin, where I thought, like, I needed this earlier. Like, where was this earlier in the movie? I was just Mm -hmm. so uninvested at that point that it didn't really sway me all that much. It was impressive. It was well done. I didn't see it coming. But I just didn't care at that point. And that's kind of how I felt about this movie is that I just really didn't care about anything that was going on because none of the relationships felt earned or well-developed in any way. And it could have used its slower moments in the film to do that. To build on that, but it just doesn't. It just. I, I wouldn't be. Real I well.
2: wouldn't be that harsh on it. There was a lot of great stuff that I appreciated. This, I just wanted to see things go just a little bit further, because and and I guess I just wanted to have have more mindfuckery going on. But that said, well, I do, I mean, there's a lot I, in this film that I appreciate. I
3: think. Well, I, I think if like if that twist came earlier in the movie, I feel like it would have been a disservice because no. like the whole reason that that twist is so good is because. After all this time, after all this effort, after all that, like, Scar's Guard, uh, is Amlet, it, 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 I think it's funny that his name is just Hamlet, which is just, it's just fucking Hamlet. Uh, yeah. after all this, after all the time, everything Hamlet is doing is, is a fucking, amounts to a lie. And I feel like if you had done that any earlier, the shock factor wouldn't have been as powerful. If you found that out earlier in the film, you wouldn't have been so taken by it.
2: no that's true i i I think the timing of it was great and from that moment on like he eventually somewhat succeeds like he has well there's that security that you know his children are going to be fine or at least in his mind that's what he thinks and he goes back and he, he and he does succeed in killing the guy but i almost wanted to see it go even further with How wrong could he uh, have been or how twisted was his perception as a child really and really go down a much darker path? Like, I don't know. It it, it could have gone completely the other direction or at least even further there where he, through all this time and investment and and him dedicating his life to us, maybe he was just flat out wrong about the entire situation and how dark his implications be. And this is where I wanted to bring the comparison to The Green Knight. Uh, which I know you didn't like, Stephen, But I think that that film shows how, you know, someone being so misguided in an attempt to do something, what kind of path that can lead to. And when someone is so convicted in something that just turns out to be fundamentally flawed in some sense, what kind well, of I'm, places I'm, that can I'm, lead to. I'm and gonna, I just find that so fascinating.
1: I'm, I'm going to disagree with you here because I think if you had that kind of scene in this film where it's like, ah, here's what happens if he doesn't do this thing. I I feel like it would cheapen it. I feel like this is more of an emotional film. This is more of a film that is, uh, you know, kind of wrapped up in these more like complex ideas. And I feel like if you explain it to the audience like that, it would lessen the impact.
2: It doesn't need to explain to the audience. I'm not saying to explain it. I'm just saying how off the rails could this get? Like, after him finding out that everything he's leading up to is a lie, how more unraveled could that be? I feel like he still somewhat succeeded in what his initial goal was, but I don't think it really explored just how much of a mess he created. I don't know. Well, Um,
1: I don't think that 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 was the purpose of the film. I mean, it's, you know, if you look at the film, you you know, it's like that scene with Bjork, uh, Bjork shall I say? Yes. Uh, I want to pronounce Fork this Fork. properly. Um, but, <laughs> no, but, you know, she's actually appearing to him in a vision and being like, this is your destiny. You strayed from the path and, you know, you're off, you know, pillaging villages and all this stuff and you need to, you know, be, you know, good to the promise you made oh, as you a mean. child. And it's it's like this, you know, it's exploring this kind of Viking philosophy of fate and dying an honorable death in battle, and these sort of, you know, father-son relationships, and what it means to be a man. And I feel like, I I don't know, I mean, it worked for me. I mean, I think that it was fairly straightforward. I thought it set a clear sort of plot, and a clear goal. And I mean, I, I think it did get pretty messy. I mean, it's, but I think it's, you know, it's, it's a period piece. It's dealing with a society that sort of trades on honor. And, you know, this is how they would want to die. I mean, if we look at Valhalla Rising, that's kind of like a similar theme there, where it's like he has to, you know, get to the top of the mountain. He has to die in battle. You know, he calls to the warriors to, you know, kill him. And so I think it's important to remember those sort of things in context in a story like this. And I think all of it is explained pretty well. I mean, I, I think it I think it fits. Um, to me, this is, yeah, this is like a Mad Max Fury Road or like a drive where you have this sort of straightforward, you know, story that is held up by this really art house fair. I mean, this incredible cinematography, incredible... You know, production design. This is like right up my alley, as far as, as film. Oh
2: go. yeah, the, the the production value and everything mm-hmm. they went that went into this is absolutely impeccable. Like I really no no,
1: it's, it's I, I, I really mean, felt
2: like I lived and breathed this uh, this world and environment, and I really appreciate that and that that immense, you know. Uh,
1: no, and it's care, funny because uh, and, uh, and uh,
2: detail into it. Like I like I I appreciate all of that. I, no, I feel I mean, it's actually, like it it's could actually, have just pushed it ever so slightly further where like well, there's this scene there's... And, 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 and and but before he meets Bjard, this is when they're like raiding the village and he has this like moment of reflection where he's kind of doing the thing that traumatized him as a child where you know, I, I actually I had this line come to my mind as uh, as uh, I was watching it yeah, it's kind of a joke where it's like, you know, after a while all this raping and pillaging sort of loses its uh uh you know uh, flare after a while like i'm suddenly, suddenly <laughs> I'm not feeling it anymore but there there, so there was a scene in this where they start burning that hut with the people inside that is very reminiscent or very much from like come and see yeah i don't know if you've seen that film but that's a film that pushes things to a, a place that you don't expect and really makes you kind of question uh your view of reality a little, a little bit and I guess well, just well, it remind me of that. And, and mean, certain is also reminded me of *The Fountain*. I, I guess the, 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 the films that really uh, did that. You could also compare this to *Mandy* in a sense, and, and when, when you're talking about like it takes a simple plot, but then has this really beautiful art house kind of execution of it. Um, well, anyway. I mean,
1: *Come and See* is is doing something entirely
2: different. I mean, I don't, I, don't think, that
1: it, I don't think that that's necessarily a fair comparison. Now, well I no, it, it, it's it's, you... it's the hut
2: burning specifically that reminded me of come and see. No, no I, mean,
1: I, I would I would agree with you on Mandy, but I think this is light years above Mandy. I mean, this I is know. I, disagree,
3: <laughs> but I, I disagree, but I can see why i I can see why you would say that. It's fair for you to say, but personally, i I, I prefer Mandy. Yeah, I think I sure
1: and I mean there, there's something love about Mandy. it I mean I get the comparison you know I absolutely I mean? love
2: Mandy and and, well, and, no, and uh, a
1: lot of people do that didn't work and, for and Nathan
2: me. I know you love Mandy so much she wrote a song based on it I did
1: write I did write a song about uh, it shameless self-promotion on the podcast um, no but, <laughs> but, you no know, but no, I mean, I I think this film has the potential to go on and be a classic. I think people are going to need to find it. This film did not do great at the box
2: office, unfortunately. Which is unfortunate. Which is a shame. It's a crime. Oh, it, it's an absolute shame. I wish I had watched this before I saw everything everywhere all at once, because that blew kind of my expectations for a theater-going experience out of the water. Um I, I'm not saying that this film is any lesser because of that, but, man, this it, it still is a great film.
1: Well, I, I mean, when I look at this, this kind of scratches that itch where you're like, you know, this is it, – it's straightforward in a way, and it's like you could go into this as a casual sort of film goer and have a good time with it. Like, it's definitely – A popcorn film there's action there's adventure there's you know sex and violence and all these things that you look for but at the same time it's like there is this kind of deeper text to it and i mean i i feel like we need more of these films i feel like this is what is going to like heal cinemas and get people back i don't know that they're quite ready for it you know but i think oh. this is this is a massive step in the right direction
2: oh yeah. yeah this and everything everywhere all at once i think will uh save cinema and everything that you're saying is what i would apply to that film um as well which is completely off topic but you know i, I i'm 100 percent for that sentiment i do want to see more films like this that have this kind of ambition and have this kind of stellar cast behind it and direction behind it uh maybe, I, maybe, maybe maybe i just had somewhat heightened expectations after seeing uh the lighthouse and i really wanted to be completely mentally you know thrown for a loop in that kind of sense so maybe i i was having that certain kind of expectation in mind where the ambition of this film is a little different where they are going for this kind of straightforward a little more like straightforward kind of narrative but there is that you know scale of ambition to it. I really loved I mean, the Dream Seasons in this. Like I said, it reminded me somewhat of The Fountain, which is a film I absolutely adore.
1: Yeah, but no, for
2: The sure. film doesn't and I mean, even think... feel
0: consistent, sorry, real quick, the film doesn't even feel consistent in being the generic revenge movie. Like, it feels like it's stuck between, you know, being an epic revenge story with sex, love, violence, and a tragic story, like, tragic love story and the tragic family story. But it's also like a slow burn, you know, small community gets, you know, is driven against each other like the witch was. But it also feels like it's trying to capture the magic of the lighthouse to me with all of the dream sequences and oh, did it really happen elements with like the Droger and the Valkyrie. Like, it doesn't feel like it has a consistent tone or leg to stand on. And I feel like Robert Akers couldn't decide if he wanted to fully devote you know, to making an epic fantasy movie, or if you wanted to do another psychedelic, crazy, ex- like, drug fueled experience, like with The Lighthouse, or to The Witch, to a certain extent, because that's I, what people I mean, want to see. It, does, it doesn't feel does consistent to
3: Does it have to be me. one or the other, though? I mean, I feel like there's fair room for, like... Elements of all that kind of stuff. Well, it, Especially my problem
0: you're... is it doesn't gel. Mm-hmm. Like, the elements don't gel for me, I guess is what I'm trying to say. It's more than welcome to blend the elements, I, but doesn't agree. I disagree.
3: I <sighs> think I think it works well together. I think that, I, I feel like, if I felt like if there was any total inconsistency, for, for me at least, I, I, w- I would have been taken out of it, but I feel like when it comes to Viking culture, all this stuff about prophecy and all this stuff about, you know... Surrealism and like this fantasy, especially when it comes to especially when it comes to North myth, Nor, uh, Norse mythology, I found that like it was easy for me to accept the sort of surreal elements because the culture is so founded in that. Like just you know the you know the the Norse religion alone is so wrapped up in all these things about prophecy, all these things about stuff from stuff that's basically otherworldly. It felt like it fit right at home to me.
1: Well, no, I I, I, I would agree summons, with that. I and love I mean... those
0: elements are there, but it didn't feel like a jug with the rest of the movie to me. Like,
1: there's no. It... I think it does. I, I mean, it, it's, it's a pink, film it... where the entire sort of you know the quest is given to him by this ghostly uh, you know witch, uh, Bjork. I yeah. mean, who's like this raven, you know, actually like a seer in Norse mythology. So I mean, <laughs> I don't the raven.
3: The Ravens are the presence of Odin. That's,
1: that, that's Yeah, it. right, right. No, but that's what I'm saying. It's okay. like when that's in the first 20 minutes or so, I didn't find it unbelievable for later on in the film for them to, you know, reference the Tree of Life or have this sort of, like, you, you know, Valkyrie uh, sequence. You know, I, I didn't think that it was that out of place. I, I think, if anything, it complemented the revenge line
2: no i i think there was i think a lot of the stuff in here really felt authentic to the to the culture and these things yeah, were, felt true. organically placed like those those G- sequences didn't feel out of place to me they felt like these were the type of visions these are the type of ideas that these people had and they saw them as these profound like goal posts to hit, hit like oh i see that you know that you're gonna have two children but i want to try to have this thing both ways um this is actually kind of kind of interesting where it's like I, I he, he said that I was given a choice. Either I have to uh, love my kin or hate my enemy, and he says I want to try to do both. Um, but ultimately he ends up pulling himself away from one or the other. And I feel like they could have I don't know. I'm kind of curious what the aftermath would have been with his wife. Like, what actually happened with her afterwards? Did things go the way he envisioned or did they not? They answer
1: that, though. They answer that, though, because when, you know, when he kisses her neck, he has this vision of the tree of life. And it's it's extremely implied that his children will go on to be the future heirs of the kingdom, like his his daughter will be a queen, essentially.
2: Well, yes, yeah, so it, it's implied, and that's a vision that he has. But does it actually happen? I mean, maybe I'm just wanting to well, really but, I mean, see yeah it But it's like, but
1: this is like this is like the uh, ending of Prisoners. It's like if you see him getting pulled out of the ground, I mean, does it really? You lose some of the impact.
2: In-
0: that is incredibly well, different.
2: I, I, I would compare it to Pan's Labyrinth, where in her mind—spoilers uh, for this movie—in uh, her mind, when when she dies in Pan's Labyrinth, she ascends to heaven. Like this was the, like this was the ultimate test. Like I I shed my blood and now I've ascended to heaven. But then you cut back to reality and re- realize—well, at least outside of you know, outside of her mind she's just, you know, a dead girl on the pavement. And it just contrasts these two things. And I think maybe I just wanted a little more contrast of what was fantasy in his mind or what was in his mind this fate and this destiny. Versus maybe a quote-unquote reality of things maybe I just wanted a little well, more push I mean, and but pull not, but, but, but we're that we're said I still about appreciated a it
1: problem though you know what I mean like oh yeah it, no eh.
2: yeah this, 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 this I don't I'm, I'm, I'm just, just I'm just what I wanted to see it uses those ideas yeah.
1: but it doesn't do
0: anything with it like I don't think it is just a me problem I think the film it does something ideas. it
2: does something with it but I wanted to see it just a, a little push more I just wanted to push it just a tad more. And, just again nitpicking. Yeah. I don't want to no, make I it see seem like I hate
0: nitpicking. this movie. Like there is a lot I do appreciate about it. Like it's Robert Aker's attention to detail and historical accuracy is just on full display. Like the film looks fantastic. The production design and costume design looks very convincing and lived in. The music I thought was great. Uh, the first Robert Aker's movie not to be scored by Mark corvin but they did an excellent job of all the instruments and the chanting. Anytime you add chanting to his film soundtrack, by the way, immediate chef's kiss. Just makes it ten times oh, better for me.
2: I I, I love the whole throat singing thing. It's something mm-hmm. that I practice my own time that I'm not gonna uh, grace your ears with right now. Dude. But I love. And no, ever since uh, you know hearing that in Dune, and then yeah. this movie, I just love hearing that kind of overtone throat singing and it feels very tribalistic it actually remind me a lot of the band hyalung i don't know if anybody knows them but it's the kind of music you listen to and it makes you want to move out into the woods to start a cult i mean they pull a lot from uh, norse mythology and proto-germanic like languages and they they take like old poetry that's written back in those eras and they interpret it into music and man just I'll put a link in the thing, but check out uh, High Along playing live. Uh, You'll see videos on YouTube. Fantastic stuff.
0: And uh, the performances are pretty solid overall. Like, I wouldn't put this against any of the actors. They all do a great job of what they're given. Stellan Skarsgard. Skarsgard, Sorry, Alexander. I don't know which Skarsgard is, but he was excellent. Like, I don't think I've ever seen him this good in anything before, but he really drives it home, not just for his emotional performance, but his physical (laughs) one. Like, the man went through a really really rough and brutal <laughs> exercise program in order to get in shape for his character and he is a thick boy his shoulders are twice the size of his the rest of his fucking body and i appreciate that level of dedication to like performing the role of an action character but i don't know it's just they I just couldn't connect with the story at all, unfortunately. It, it didn't know what it wanted mm-hmm. to be. It felt very poorly written, like there were a lot of plot conveniences. You oh. didn't know what no, it you wanted
2: it to be, or you didn't know what it wanted it to be. I didn't Let's know what look. it
0: wanted it to be, and I don't think the film knew what it wanted it to be, personally.
1: I gotta disagree with that. I think that this Fair film much. set out yeah. to be an elevated blockbuster. It set out I think to be that. that this...
0: I don't think it cheap it. I, I, mean, I disagree. Think I mean, think no no I I disagree. I disagree.
2: I think it knows what it wants to be and it was really convicted I just wanted to see it be pushed ever so slightly more and I would have absolutely loved it. I still really really liked it. What
1: would you guys? Get yeah, to no, 10? I mean for me personally, uh let's start with Nate. Is Nate still here? And
0: hey Nathan, you with us? I know
2: Ian just dropped a giant-ass stink bomb on this film, but we need to – we want to clear the <laughs> Did air. Did I break you? And, and, and get into some ratings.
0: I, I'm sorry. I feel bad.
2: His, his audio's
1: – You're bad and your opinion uh, is bad. Yeah. And you should Maybe his bad.
2: audio just isn't working right now, but <laughs> –
1: yeah. Well, I'll, I'll open the floor. Dude. I mean, for me personally, this is a 9.5 out of 10. Dude! This is movie Dude. of the year. Might be one of the best movies of the last decade or so. I loved this film. I loved what it accomplished. I think it is just masculine and brutal and metal as fuck. I, I, That's I, true. Okay. It is <laughs> oh yes. fucking metal. It is yeah. Metal. Cool. Yeah. What are you, What are you giving this night? I yeah, honestly,
4: it's like a nine point five to ten out of ten for me. I gave it a I gave yeah. it a five star, I gave it a five stars on Letterboxd just because I couldn't not. It had so many elements that I really loved. One of my favorite things about the film, and this is such a small detail, but um, when I was in college, I took a Viking literature class, and my professor—he just knows anything and everything about Viking culture. He taught us so much, so much that I couldn't even like, so much that I can't like, even retain all of it. But like, I'm going up to, I'm going up to Oregon in about like uh, in, a, in a couple of weeks. I'm gonna have a catch-up session with him and probably talk about this film and. Uh, nice. You know, review re- review some of the things that he taught me about Viking culture. But one of my favorite little details about this film was: so you remember when he fights the drugger mm-hmm. and he cuts its head off? Yeah, yeah. oh yeah. And, you know what he what he did was he took the head and he placed it on it uh, on its ass, and that is yeah, yeah that's that accurate. yeah that's a small little detail in Viking lore. When you kill the undead, you're supposed to sh- you're supposed to stick the head up the ass. <laughs>
1: now, see, I,
2: I, I, really, I actually that really like that whole sequence, and and this is the thing that I really liked. I like that he has this fight with this creature, this duel, who like gets paralyzed in the uh, in the sunlight, but then the camera dollies back and see and reveals that he imagined that whole thing, and he was just like preparing himself in case this thing reanimated and came back to life. But then it just felt a dust as he to the sword away. And I wanted to see more reveals like that. I wanted to be led to to believe a certain thing from the character's perspective and then to get the rug pulled out from under me. Like it happened a couple times in that scene and with uh, his thing with the mother. And I guess I just wanted to have that happen once, or one or two times more. I wanted the rug to really get pulled out from under me and like everything I was coming up to and believing in was a lie. Well, maybe, that's what I, maybe that's what I personally wanted from this film. For me, it's a solid right eight there. still. Ooh. Yeah, for for, for yeah. me, I, I I would give this thing. If if I didn't see everything everywhere all at once before this, I'd probably give it like a nine point five. This film is still a solid eight for me.
4: I think that like, ever- yeah.
2: there was everything everywhere the- is a, like a ten. <laughs> oh,
4: I, I loved it. I loved everything everywhere. I thought everything everywhere was I fantastic. Like, see I, I, I did oh, like, yeah. I did like this better though. I did. I I did like okay. this better. I and I saw, right on. I saw. I saw everything everywhere first
2: um, yeah so. I, I saw I saw it just last week, and it's like best film of the year for me but no that's true I I like that well you also really studied this literature with this person and that's a great way for you to reconnect with that person later so I can tell that this was absolutely right of reality and it's I'm glad that we're talking to somebody that really appreciates this and really has a a learned understanding of what they're referencing I'm wondering if there's a lot of stuff in here that I just missed out because I have no idea about the culture it feels authentic to me but there's no way I know for sure, and I like that he pointed out that, you know, facts about him shoving the head up the ass and how that's a, <laughs> yeah, and there's... that's something that they would do.
4: Yeah, no, that's that's something that in in Viking culture they would do. the 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 This is very reminiscent of a lot of the Icelandic family sagas, which like there is something called like I mean, there's something called a there's something called the man price, which is like basically uh the viking viking law is uh there are disputes that are settled at what are called things and basically the way that a thing works is that if there's a dispute one guy shows up brings his guys the other guy shows up brings his guys whoever has more guys basically basically wins um but a lot of a, a lot of viking culture is about um is about family. Is about honor. Is about Fair vengeance family. and and revenge. And like, if 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 a member of your family is killed, you are expected to 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 basically take the man price and 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 uh, be revenged. So that's um, I think I just thought that this this film was so authentic to viking culture and it was so just you could tell that robert heggers really did his research and really paid Mm -hmm. attention to to like to all the details about about this uh, about this ancient culture and like for me just like honestly my favorite well my favorite moment in the film aside from the volcano fight which was
2: oh that was badass that was like that was our with like mordor and the whole fight sequence and uh Revenge of the Sith on whatever that planet is, I mean this is like the it feels like the real world version of those I think, I think we
1: cut out what happened?
0: oh, we didn't cut oh. out you cut out stephen I can't ah, hear, just fine. I cut out okay what'd you cut out on?
1: I cut out on uh Nate talking about Viking mythology i was I was very captivated, I was listening and then suddenly i my signal dropped mm-hmm. I guess well we're we'll talking about how um,
0: metal the volcano fight is at the end
1: <laughs> oh, oh the no, volcano you know, fight was fantastic it, you know it is funny I I, I my uh my, my buddy turned to me at this point uh when we were in the theater and said uh how much do you want to bet there's a uh uh who, who has the high ground joke <laughs> so I find uh no but it, no it was a, it was a great time like I said this was my first trip back to the cinema I think this is a film that deserves to be seen in theaters, um, but yeah, you could probably watch it at home and have a good time. I'm anxious to see it again. I am uh, too.
4: Another yeah. another great thing about the volcano fight sequence is that there there are a lot of tropes in Viking in Viking mythology, and there were a few things that like there were a few things that uh, that were a little that were a little glossed over because uh, in in viking literature swords that have names always fail they're always they 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 either shatter or they or they or, or like they fail in some way but named swords always fail but there's also another popular viking trope which is the double death blow and i was so excited to see it at the end of the film i just thought it was a perfect like It felt like it felt like a Viking story because it had a lot of these a lot of these tropes from uh, from Viking culture and from Viking literature.
2: That's cool. I I loved the close up of the sword as they were forging it, and like the texturing of it looks kind of like Damascus steel. I don't know if that was something that they actually you know created back to those Earth days, but I just love that kind of marbling uh, effect that they had on that sword, kind of in in the middle. Um, But it is interesting that it gives it a name and that you say that they would fail like almost like usually in a name. Yeah. Well, I'm curious if is is that just a practical thing that happened or is this just sort of like a, a, a Macbeth kind of situation where people just say it's cursed.
4: It's, it's usually cursed. Like there are a few, there are a few, there are a few things in, in, in Viking culture and in Viking literature, which um, usually to wear marked clothing any like any like the the reason that most you know most vikings fought basically naked is that uh, to wear like a colored cloak or whatever is to mark yourself and you are and you are basically going to die that's like like to mark yourself or to distinguish yourself in that way you're fucking dead um uh and naming your sword that thing's going to fucking shatter it's gonna, it, like, it's 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 gonna fail. Uh, those just, just
2: because, like, engraving your name on there weakens the blade. Like, I'm just curious where that came from, or if that's. I just don't know the... if,
4: I don't know if it's just the engraving. I think it's just like, to uh, like to be marked or to be distinguished um, is to ensure is to ensure your death, basically. It, like, and I think that that goes that goes for like swords and and clothing. Okay.
2: No, I, I and I like that the fact that this is all represented here somehow. Like, they um, he, he names his horde, but in a sense, he's sealing his fate while doing so. And he, there, there is a sense of sort of like fatalism and determinism in his in his end goals. And I and I did find that really fascinating. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what the bigger point I was going for there, but I'm sure no, I, I'm I did sorry. like seeing that. I I think I just kind of wanted to see again. have have that feeling of like the rug being pulled out from under me um, when watching it, but I, I I still really enjoyed the overall kind of plot development and the way it progressed. Like I thought it was beautifully done, still, and with a lot of intention.
0: Yeah, I'm giving this one a five out of ten. I really wish Jesus. I did more than I did Fucking fence sitter.
1: I is a very
0: comfortable. Why are you booing me? I'm right.
1: No, you're not right. You're being a pretentious
2: asshole. I mean, oh. this is the I most been... nitpicking I've ever heard. No, it's oh, how right, I man. felt. <laughs> this is the podcast. we pretentious asshats. Exactly. Yeah, or just kind of stores depending on the platform. Also, <laughs> I thought we guys, I thought we said we wouldn't
4: use that word anymore. I feel like this is a movie that pretentious asshats would would like. Also, another exactly. thing that I that, that that I just remembered. Um, so remember when he dismembers those guys and arranges them into the shape of a horse on a barn? Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: yes. that was that's that a vice. Was... That's, That's a, a curse.
4: Tradition. So, ah. the, uh, in um, in Viking culture, there's something called a need stick, which is basically a stick with a horse's head on it, and you use it to curse other, and you use it to, to curse other people. So there's this kind of, uh, I mean, there's this thing. I, I mean, like I'm, uh, I, it's the so the 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 dismembered man in the shape of a horse is like. Kind of reminiscent of of a stick, which is used for uh, which is used for cursing other people. Also, well,
1: it's it's also, I mean, it's also worth noting they they played with something similar to that in uh, Valhalla Rising. They had Mads Mikkelsen put a guy's head on a stick. So mm-hmm. yeah, I, I had read something about that. Yeah, yeah. Um,
2: also- I I felt bad for laughing when I saw it. Just I wasn't expecting to see that like level of dismemberment and rearrangement and it's on screen for like less than a second and i just had that like <laughs> reaction when i saw it um it almost reminded me of uh well th- 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 there's two things there's that um horse head being found in the guy's bed in the godfather and then the house that jack built oh yeah <laughs> yeah interesting I fucking, I fucking
1: which you love haven't that movie. seen that movie yet i love no, that crazy. I,
2: no- No, but I I saw a screenshot of the house, and I'm like, man, I I don't know if that would be my choice, building material. I'm sure you could do much better for a trip to Home Depot. I mean, maybe it's an art project, man. I don't know the context of the situation, but I don't know. Spoilers. Dead bodies isn't the best building material for for building a house. I mean, it doesn't seem like a good – anyway, that's an aside. (laughs) But I, I just had that kind of laugh reaction when I saw the dismembered people being put in the shape of a horse. As utterly terrifying as that is and yeah cursed i think is the right word for it um and and that seems to be the the myth and or the uh the the belief in uh viking culture is that is that is a great way to curse people holy fuck yeah
4: (laughs) there's also you're also not supposed to burn a homestead while people are inside of it yeah no shit
2: um, yeah well no. i
4: mean they have a, they have a particular <laughs> belief about the hearth being sacred so you're not so to so, so to burn one uh so to burn one in their home is like the equivalent to a to a sin and uh it's adding add insult
2: to injury yeah i mean and, and it was that house burning that reminded me of come and see which i think does it even more terrifyingly but very different film very different context yeah and um
0: everything everywhere all at once come on that's very different movie very different context oh
2: definitely like I, i'm only comparing it because i saw it recently um yeah, and this enough. is like comparing theater going experiences i will say though getting back out to the theater these days is a lot more exciting than anything the mcu's been putting out although multiverse of madness does look interesting i okay just i trust again, multiverse I, I, of I, I,
4: madness not because it's marvel but because it's sam raimi
2: and because yes. i'd like the first and movie. Also, I like Doctor Strange. Like, yeah. of all the MCU stuff, I just love seeing all these, like, CPUs rendering out these trippy fractal rearrangements of reality. That's fucking cool. I want to see that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and all their dizzy money being fed into yeah. these trippy visuals. I love that. I and want I more of that. And
0: I think that's one of the best MCU movies. Like, I generally think it's great. And I think Bendacom mm-hmm. does a great yeah, job. I, oh, yeah. Yeah. It's a great Doctor arc. Is- and the final climax is and- so entertaining and unique. Like it's and again, completely to
2: irrelevant play. to the conversation, just just as it came up. Personal PSA: Anyone that wants to go see Multiverse of Madness, watch everything, everywhere, all at once first. Give that movie all your money. Yes. And this movie. Yeah. Give Give these Give these movies all your money, because we want to see more movies like this. Period. I, agree. I think movies. I, I want to see more movies that are like that are like this that are independently funded or pr- produced, made with Art uh,
4: House blockbusters. Needs fuck, to be yes. more of a thing.
0: It needs to be
1: a famous. no, no. I I agree, and I said this recently uh, in a group. It's like you know on, on Facebook, and it it may have been the A twenty four group. It it may have been one of those, but I, I was making the point that it's like people are so tired of uh you know going to the theater and it's like you can watch Spider-Man No Way Home or you know you can watch something like you know Saint Maud or something I mean I'm using that as an example but something that is so arthouse that it doesn't have the appeal that some of these you know that, that films like this The Northman uh something like uh, you know, I would say Uncut Gems or, or maybe like a, a Brawl in you know, Cell Block 99. It, it's like, there, yeah, or everything, everywhere. But it's like it has its own style, it has its own aesthetic, it's an original piece of work, but, you know, it has a, a, a large enough appeal. And I think that's what we need more of. I mean, The Northman is a breath of fresh air, and, I mean, to me... Giving it anything more than a nine point five is just uh, I mean, I, I I'm
2: sorry, but just wrong. Like Bruh. This is yeah. I mean, hey, eight's pretty de- decent.
0: And five's <laughs> halfway there. Like come on, it could have been worse. Oh man.
2: Living man. Been on a prayer. That's what you are Exactly. We're
0: halfway there, man. <laughs> thank, you so much, Nathan, thank you so much, Nathan, for Edward joining in. Thank you so much, Nathan, for joining. And thank you, Stephen, for returning as our guest, absolutely, Stephen. What fresh uh, hell awaits us next week?
1: Well, I will not be here, but you gents will be discussing anthologies.
3: Yes, which is Pads
1: so uh, episode. You'll let's be get him discussing. On here. Uh, yeah, you'll be discussing. Uh, let's see. Uh, I believe it's uh, ba- Ballad of Buster Scruggs.
0: Uh, you gonna be dis- uh
1: Animatrix and Trick or Treat. So a yes. bunch of uh, short stories and every big films. So I can actually watch all of them. Hey. All yes. right. Well, until next time. Stay
0: tuned for See, Conan.
1: No, you're You do this every time. I try to set you up, <laughs> and you're supposed to say, "Is it Thursday yet?" oh and then i say stay tuned.
0: stay tuned oh i'm conan. sorry yeah. uh all right you screw take it up
1: two. every time
0: i believe leaving the sun by you the way to uh, swap two.
2: scripts
1: take
0: two <laughs> all right fuck it we'll do Here it live uh is it first day yet
1: <laughs> stay tuned for conan everybody good